Hello, and welcome to the Gilbo Girls Show, where you will have the opportunity to hear from mothers, fathers, siblings, and individuals themselves about their journey of living with a disability. I know, I know, it's called Gilbo Girls, but we have a bonus for you as we get the Gilbo Boys to interview some of the dads and siblings and get their perspectives too. We'll also have special guests from time to time to share the many resources that are available to those living with a disability and their families. So get ready to laugh, smile, cry, maybe even get a little angry when you hear some of these stories of their day-to-day -day struggles. But let's not forget their many triumphs. As they say, it takes a village. And if it weren't for our village, we wouldn't be where we are today. So join us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gilbo Girls. Um, today, we have joining with us my husband, Jesse Gilbo. Hello. And today's guests, which are Tom and Kristen Perso. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi. So some of you may recognize Kristen from my recent interview with her about uh, Cherry Blossom Vacations, which is a nonprofit that she founded whose mission is to give no-cost vacation stays to adoptive, foster, and special needs families. Tom and Kristen are originally from Michigan. They moved to Maryland in 2017 and then to Pennsylvania in 2019, where they now reside. They met in college. They married in 2004 and now have four kids. Their oldest, Ella, is 16. Leah is 13. Samson is 11 and Aiden is eight. Aiden and Samson joined their family through international adoption back in 2016 and 2013 from China and Uganda both of which have a disability. Samson was born with club feet and Aiden was born with AMC, which can you please say the name of what he has? Mm -hmm. Arthrogryposis. Okay. And she'll explain to us a little later on in the interview what that is. Yep. So as for work, Tom is a VP of IT for Trillium Staffing. And Kristen has been a stay-at-home parent since Ella was born and also homeschools Leah and Aiden. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you both on the show. Um, to share about your journey. So let's jump right in. Um, so adoption, tell us how and when did you guys decide that you wanted to adopt? How was the experience? Did you get to meet them ahead of time? Um, was the process long? Just, we wanna hear your story. So who wants to start? Go for yeah, it. I'll start. Go for it. <laughs> so after we had um, Ellen and Leah, we were talking about, you know, what we wanna do with, we had two girls and what our options were. And Kristen brought up the idea of adoption. And we worked with Bethany um, Christian Services. And actually, the first adoption uh, or option that we had was we looked at domestic infant. And so we went to a meeting on, uh, around it. And we were surrounded with families or, you know, husbands and wives who couldn't have children of their own, mm -hmm. and were just wanting to have a child. And we kind of felt you know, it doesn't, we already have our own kids, you know, it didn't feel, it didn't feel right to, to be in that, that area. So then we started looking at um, international adoption and we went through a, a couple of different uh, countries. I remember Ethiopia, we started with there and it just, it, that program closed and they made some changes. So then they said, Hey, would you like to try piloting uh, Ugandan uh, adoption program? And we were like, well, sure. And I mean, it was, we were just, I'd say we were just kind of along for the ride mm -hmm. in the beginning of it. I mean, we were like the first family to, with Bethany to adopt through a Samson's orphanage. 
And um, yeah, I mean, it was, we, we got to see pictures and there was a family that went ahead of us and we got to see, you know, they got to meet Samson and, and sent us more pictures of him. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, we didn't make a lot of decisions of saying we want to do this and this. I think just God just opened doors for us and we just walked through it. Blindly. We blindly walked through them. <laughs> but, you know, every single every single step that we had to do of the process, you know, and it, this was a long time ago for us and finances were, were much tighter. And it was just amazing of, OK, we need to pay this for, you know, this upcoming payment to Bethany. And it was like, oh, this is the, you know, you get two extra paychecks a year you know, with the, on a biweekly pay and we're like, oh, this is the extra, this is the month that we have the extra paycheck and oh, look at that. It's the right amount. So, you know, it's, it was no, it was just there for us. So it, it, we had all these affirmations of every step that we were going in the right direction. It wasn't easy, but we had, we had doors opening for us. How long did the process take from like start to finish by the time, you know, you actually got him home? Uh, yeah, we, dates, we started, um, the, the initial process, um, in the beginning of 2012 mm -hmm. and, um, sent paperwork, like Tom mentioned, sent paperwork to Ethiopia, thinking that we would adopt from there in the fall of 2012. And then, um, changed sometime early in 2013 when we realized that program was closing and then, um, we were matched with Samson in March of 2013, and then we traveled in May, and he arrived home in July. So about a little over a year and a half, um, which is pretty quick. And with Aiden, um, we decided to adopt again. Um, initially, we were thinking we would adopt from Africa again, but at the time, Uganda was not really an easy program to continue adopting from um, some things on the Ugandan side, um, travel was difficult. When we adopted Samson, we were in country for six and a half weeks total, which was um, challenging. And so our social worker suggested we look at China. And so um, we were like, sure, like, that's fine. I mean, um, and China had a much easier travel option. Um it was much more just like you arrive in country, you do this for a few days, you go to your child's province, you meet them, you get them, you go here and you're done within a two week span of time. And so given where we were in life, um, when we did Samson's adoption, we took Ella and Leah with us because there was a variety of reasons, but they came with us. They were six and three at the time. So um, they spent three weeks with us um, at his orphanage, which was sometimes still we're just like, wow, why do <laughs> that was crazy that we did that, that, you know? <laughs> um, and then when we decided to adopt again and we were matched with Aiden, um, that process, we started in 2015 and we were matched with him in late 2015. So it was a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, and we knew that we were going to take our kids again with us. Um, and so, um, yeah, we, we went as a family of five and added Aiden while we were there. And it was just really like a quick trip. It was like a few days in Beijing. We went to his province for a few days. We went to Southern China and got, you know, his visa and everything. And then we left as a family of six. Wow. That's amazing. 
Amazing. Now, did you know that both boys had a disability um, up front or, you know, did you, did you know before you adopted or did you discover it during those different milestone ages? You know, both, both disabilities were disclosed and uh, Samson was born with club feet and he had them corrected in Uganda through uh, a program, I think through the UK. Uh, yeah, there was a um, an international program yeah. that they were doing pretty much the standard of club foot treatment they were able to do there, um, which was great because he took some of his first steps um, while he lived in the orphanage and without the treatment that he received, he would he would definitely yeah. would not have been walking when we met him. Yeah. And so that was, you know, from a, a physical disability standpoint, that was disclosed and what we expected. You know, Aiden was um, the same. I mean, they, they they were forthcoming about it, but it's it's one of those things of you see it from thousands of miles away and you read reports and you don't really know until you get there and then start seeing it. Um, but there wasn't anything that was alarmingly different than what we expected. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, Samson was pretty straightforward. Aiden, um, just the nature of arthrogryposis can be a lot more involved. And um, we had never, yeah, so um, so club feet is basically your feet want to turn in. That's what they naturally want to do. The muscles pull them in. Um, and so when we decided to adopt again, we thought, okay, well, let's see if we can adopt a child with club feet. Like we already know this, we have doctors in place and we just were not getting matched with a child that had club feet. And so, um, through a random series of events, like, you know, the long story that now you look back and go, wow, that was crazy how that happened. But um, we learned about arthrogryposis and we saw Aiden and realized that he has arthrogryposis. And it's like, um, arthrogryposis affects all of your joints basically and makes them either not want to bend or not want to straighten. And so as much as club feet is pulling your feet in, Arthrogryposis does that sometimes in all the joints of your body. Some kids are only affected in maybe their hands. Some kids are only affected in their feet or their knees. Um, Aiden is affected um, pretty much from his neck down. Um, he's We've gone through treatment for scoliosis, which is because of his arthrogryposis. Um, he's had surgery on his wrists, his elbows. Um, his knees, his hips, his feet. So he is definitely affected more. We know families now that we've met whose kids are even affected more than Aiden. They are affected not only in the joints, but sometimes like swallowing things and stuff like that, that comes along with your jaw joint, you know, is makes it difficult to chew and stuff. Um, so when we were matched with him, we knew that he had arthrogryposis, but it was just kind of like, to what degree? Like, we didn't really know. So there was definitely some, you know, when we met him, we were like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if this is what we expected or not, but this is the child that we have and we're going to figure it out. And, you know, we knew he would get good care in the United States and that some doctor would definitely be able to, to help us treat him and, and do that the way that he needed. Yeah. And, was it hard for the, the girls to kind of understand or grasp any, any of it? Um, I don't, 
I don't, I don't know. Think so. <laughs> they, he he was honestly um he was almost two when we met him, but he seemed very much like about a six month old. Yeah. And so to them, um, so they were uh, let's see, this was six. They were like 10 and seven at the time. So to them, it was kind of just like we had a baby and, you know, he was like a six month old baby who can kind of like sit up and who's more interactive than a newborn. But like, it was just like a baby to them, you know, so I don't think that they really, you know, it didn't bother them. They just were kind of at the age where they were just like, oh, okay, this is our brother. All right, that's fine. Like, he just does stuff different, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I, th- I think it would have been different if he had maybe been like five or six, you know, that they would have been, then the, the um, differences would have been a little bit more noticeable, but because he was still so little, he kind of just felt like a baby. Yeah. 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 And what, what types of challenges um, have you faced, you know, as a parent with special needs? I, I know that we touched um, in our last interview, you know, tell us how, you know, you ended up here in Maryland. I mean, cause that was a challenge you had to face, you know, with all the traveling and stuff. So share a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, your, your life is, is doctor's appointments and not even, it's more so than just doctor, doctor's appointments, but it's like a strategy that you're trying to basically a medical strategy for medically complex kids. Samson is one where he's, He's really kind of in a, almost like a maintenance mode. So it stretches and making sure everything's good and you're kind of carrying on. But when you have a child that has disabilities, like, you know, Kristen mentioned, like neck down, you're looking at, okay, if we're going to do surgery on this, is there time since they're under to do this surgery? And then if you fix this arm with the mobility that it has, it can give them more range of motion for this thing, but it can affect his like other self-care items. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's just so much more than just, uh, you know, break fix type stuff, I guess. And so I think there's that, that that's kind of a a long-term weighing of like, are we making the right decision? And it's really hard. It's like, we're going to do the surgery for a kid. Is this the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. Because there's, like a clear option sometimes. Right. So we've been fortunate. Um, so we lived in Michigan and we had a doctor who treated Samson. She retired shortly after we adopted Aiden. And so it was like, okay, we need to try the new doctor. We didn't really care for her and she didn't really know his disability very well. And so long series of events again, we ended up, someone said, you should try AI DuPont in Wilmington, Delaware. And we said, why would we go to Wilmington, Delaware? Like who wants to go to Delaware? And so we're like, okay, we'll try. And we called and just like from the beginning, like they have a PT who knows arthrogryposis like in and out and has seen it for so many years. And she called, I can remember still like sitting in my car and she called me and she was talking to me. And this was like, we hadn't even set up appointments and she was telling me, okay, you could try this. So you could try that, you know, just like, just being helpful, like not giving like professional medical advice, but just saying like, I know what you're going through and here's some easy things you can do at home and just getting off the phone and being like, who does that? Like who spent half an hour on the phone with me telling me, you know, and so we did, we decided to come and try, um, DuPont and we 
just kind of rolled it into a summer trip and we came away and we're driving home on the boring Ohio turnpike and said, that was a lot better. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to travel? Like, and we kind of just said, we're going to try, you know, we're going to travel. Like, and we tried that for a while. And then we realized, you know what, this is just what our kids need, both for Samson and Aiden. Um, And so um, pretty much we made the decision to move and another long, crazy series of events of getting our house sold and all of that. We ended up in Maryland for a little bit and then eventually in PA, but um, yeah, the goal really was to be here and be able to be close enough that we can get to the doctor's appointments. We're close for surgeries because we did, we did a surgery with travel when Aiden left and he was in a full, he was in one full arm cast and two full leg casts. Mm -hmm. And it, really interesting to go through airport security like that between myself and my 12 year old daughter and him yeah. <laughs> and the TA, TSA people were like you know, <laughs> really know what to do with you <laughs> I don't know just no. like just just like you know like they were just like we don't know what to do with a person yeah. who's like in that many casts but um yeah so it definitely has its challenges but you know we both sometimes are like wow, how did we get, like, we were born and raised in Michigan. We thought we'd always live there. We were in a house that we built that we thought would be our forever house. And now we're not. And we can kind of look around and go, it's crazy that we're here. But we've just seen so many blessings that we've received between the people we've met and just different things that our kids have gotten to do that we never would have done if we kind of hadn't really chosen this whole journey of adoption and disabilities and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Back back to the kids again. How were they when you guys moved? Like, were, you know, were they upset? Like, you know, you're having new siblings and now we're moving. And did you have any, you know, how were they with everything? Because that's got to be tough on them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. The girl, I mean, Aiden was, um, let's see, we moved in 2017. Uh, he was, he was three, three. So he was little, he didn't really know necessarily. Samson was a little bit older, but not so much that he really understood the whole, um, I think gravity of it. The girls definitely, it was sad. We left my parents and family behind in Michigan. Um, my in-laws had, have moved to Minnesota by that point. So, um, we did leave, a good chunk of our family behind. That was really the hardest thing. Um, fortunately, Tom's employer was amazing with our family. And so he was able to keep his employment, which means that he often go, not often, but occasionally throughout the year goes back. And so it works out really well for our family because he can do sort of a work trip rolled in with a grandparent visit all at once. Mm-hmm. And we get to kind of all go and, um, So, yeah, it was definitely hard for them um, losing. I mean, they lost friends, you know, they lost friends and they kept some friends. You know, you kind of do that when you move. I think you guys have moved. It sounds like enough to understand that, too. Um, So, but. Yeah, I mean, really, we, we threw everything up in the air so much that it just everyone just kind of just rolls and it rolls. And I think our girls, all of our kids just kind of roll stuff pretty pretty amazing as well yeah i mean they they were they survived a trip to and not even survived it like they at a young age enjoyed going to africa with us they enjoyed going to china with us experiences for them you know yeah so i think they don't remember i'm sure you have pictures in the story right yeah you know 
Yeah. So I think some of that stuff has kind of helped them just be like, okay, like I, we're going to figure this out as a family, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's going to be tough, mm-hmm. but we'll figure it out. And um, it definitely helped when we moved to Maryland, we had some connections, social media helps for sure. You know, you can connect with people in ways that we couldn't have, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. And so it helped us kind of make friends a little bit quicker and find yeah. a church and that kind of thing. So that definitely helped. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say some of um, your children's strengths are and why? Yeah, I mean, like like I mentioned, the girls are just resilient. And I think they just go head end to any kind of situation that comes up. And they, they seem to be able just to, to work through it, which is always amazing to me. Um, and... You know, Samson and Aiden are their strengths are they just enjoy life. And like I see Samson, you know, just kind of in any situation can just find something <laughs> fun to do, which is uh. it's it's good. It's good. Um it has its struggles for it for sure. Like eleven, you yeah. know. Yeah, looking forward to meeting all of you guys this weekend too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exciting. You know, and Aiden is one where um, it was really amazing. Like my, well, my employer, when Aiden first came home, I brought him into work one day, like on a Saturday and he was super quiet when we first got him. And, you know, he's like, Hey, it's nice to meet you. And he just was like, no, I'm not, I'm not having any of this. And, you know, and then we moved away. And once Aiden got into a wheelchair, he, it, it like gave him some sense of, or like independence mm-hmm. and he just opened up. And was just talking to people. And then, so we all came back to Michigan one time for a work trip. And I'm like, hey, let's bring the family to work. And everyone can see them because they haven't seen them in a while. And like, my boss saw Aiden and he's like, Aiden's just, he's like, oh, you're, you know, you're so, and he's just talking. And he's like, what happened to this kid? It's like a completely different (laughs) kid, you know? And it's, he's taken that and he can just go up to anyone and just start talking. And it is really just like, that's, I think that's going to help him in his life. Yeah. Going forward of like just being able to communicate with people. And share that story that you put on Facebook too, because I loved that. About the um the little uh was it Samson or was oh. it Oh Oh, just about at the pool? Yeah. 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 Um I, I was just thinking when you were asking that, I was thinking, you know, our kids, a strength of all of them is appreciating differences in people. And so, yeah, we had the situation, we were at the pool yesterday and um, Aiden, because he uses a power wheelchair and, you know, he's Asian and his brother is African and his parents are white and his sisters are white. Like there's a lot to kind of look at. Like when we go out in public, like they're just, there's a lot to look at. And so, um, you know, often he'll be like, why are people staring at me? And so we have to have that conversation. And sometimes it's just like, okay. And sometimes it's like, it's kind of a bummer. Like, I really wish people wouldn't stare at me. And so we were at the pool and we got a couple of stairs as we came in. And then a family um, next to us came over and the mom said, Hey, you know, do you mind if we come and ask you about your wheelchair? And so Aiden was like, sure, that was fine. And he kind of showed him like, this is how it goes forward and it goes backwards. And he was like kind of doing donuts and putting it up and putting it down and showing the horn and all that, which he loves to do. And um, the kids were kind of little, but like, 
they just like watched and they were like, okay, that's cool. And we chatted for a little bit and then they went back and they swam and we swam. And I just told the mom, I said, you know, I really, really appreciate it that you took the time to come over and ask because, um, you know, we're thankful that Aiden has a wheelchair. And while I understand that sometimes it looks like, oh man, it's like so sad that you're in a wheelchair. Like we're thankful that he has a wheelchair because he needs it and it helps him get around. And he still like does all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, and so it was just really nice that they took the time to kind of just come over and just like have that conversation with him. And so we were just talking last night, you know, it would be awesome. And, you know, we're included in that too, of like, we see people that we don't necessarily understand something about. So it was a reminder for us too, of like, people just want to, just want to share their story, you know, and they just want to like have, have other people understand about them. And, um, so it was really nice for somebody to kind of take the time to do that yesterday for our family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how are like, what's your day-to-day routine? Um, like I know a lot of people take things for granted and, you know, and then just like with our, our regular typical kids, you know, they can do a lot on their own. And I, I think sometimes people don't realize how much we as parents have to do the extras that we have to do when a child has a need. You gonna answer that? Yeah. Um, you know, with Aiden, it's the simple things that we do take for granted are things that he does need help with. So mm-hmm. he he can't get out of bed. He can't transfer to his wheelchair. So it's um, you know it's getting him out of bed. He he has a hard time even at night. He can get uh, caught up in his in a sheet, and he'll call and say, you know, I need help rolling over, mm-hmm. and or you know, take him to the bathroom and just that. And it's, it's, uh, as a parent, you know, it's, it's just really, you have to look at it in like a different way to, you know, it's like, I'm happy to be able to help him, but it's sometimes it's, you know, when it's like the fourth or fifth time at night, you know, of like getting him untangled from his blanket, it's. Mm-hmm. You're really tired. You're tired. Yes. And, you're tired. Yeah. And, but I'm, you know, then you have to remind yourself, you're like, I can, I can get myself out of my blanket. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta meet, you gotta understand the level they're at. So, and it's not something that, you know, you just, you can just go on and like, that's not something that you can converse with other parents with of people that have, or parents that have non, you know, children that aren't disabled. They just don't, it, it just, it doesn't line up. So it's, it's sometimes feels a little bit lonely. Yeah. I mean, it it really does, but so. uh, It's hard. I mean, it's hard because we had two healthy biological kids before we kind of entered a world of kids with disabilities. Um, And so it is interesting. Like we were just with friends this past weekend whose son also has arthrogryposis And um, he recently has learned to walk in like a pretty short span of time and he's doing amazing. And so while we're so excited for him, it's hard to like balance that out too, to be like, hey, we're so excited for Grant, but not having Aiden be like, oh man, like, 
like I can't walk still, you know, like, and just trying to teach your kids, like, everybody does different things and everybody has different abilities. And maybe you can't do this one thing, but you can do all these other things. And like, you're not less of a person. You're just a different person. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's been a good lesson for us too. of like, okay, yeah, we do have to help one of our kids with a lot of stuff. Like we have to help them eat. We have to help them get out of bed. Like we have to help them in the bathroom, you know, like in Samson, we help with other things, like, because he has some other things that he struggles with, you know, that it's like, you're not helping a typical 11 year old with these things still. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it feels lonely, but I think like in the last, um, nine years since we've had Samson, we've been really fortunate to connect with so many other families who are either adoptive or have biological kids with similar um, things that they deal with on a day-to-day basis. And that's been so helpful for us because, you know, the days where you're just like, Mm -hmm. I'm really tired or I want to like pull my hair out or whatever. And while you're still super thankful for your kids, like it is hard, you know, to be able to just send a text to somebody and be like, Hey, I know you get it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and, and when you were talking about that too, it kind of reminded me a little bit of faith too, because, you know, she has a few friends that also have cerebral palsy and cerebral palsy is, you know, it affects everybody differently, you know, Um, you know, and we have her friend Ellie and she can, she can walk unassisted. Then we have, you know, faith needs her walker, her wheelchair. And then their friend Nadia is in the wheelchair. So like you have all those different levels and you, you know, and, and just seeing, it's good for them to have each other to talk to about too. Cause they kind of get it, even though some of their needs are, are different. But yeah. I also wonder too, you know, like does faith ever, cause I know she thinks, so oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. Like typical kids, you know, but just looking at other people with disabilities, like, like she has too, and, and wondering, um, and it is, it's, it is hard to, to, to meet people and connect with people if they, if, you know, because they don't go through it and they don't understand it and live it like we do. Um, and yep. it, it is, it's, it is, it can be lonely. And that was one of my questions, you know, it's like, you know, do you feel socially isolated at times? And, you know, how do you combat that? You know, the, you know, you have people around you, but they're really not with you, so to speak, you know what I mean? Right. That's been an interesting thing at, at work when, you know, you get in on Monday morning, like, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? And <laughs> you, know, you start to explain it. And then the intricacies of how that was accomplished and what you had to do to get there and everything. And then they're kind of like, okay. All right. So yeah, there was there's definitely some things going on there this weekend and, and some work and all that. Um, you know, I've got a, a new position at work and one of the people that I work with has children with special needs and, and things like that. So I can kind of bounce a little bit of thing, you know, how was your, well, I did this. How was your, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to have that and, and have that rapport and being able to kind of relax and, you know, have them understand a little bit of what the struggles are and, and, and what you have to go through to do something either very simple or something that the kids really enjoy. It's not just, Hey, let's just pick up and do this. It's mm-hmm. okay. Let's plan this out. Where is this going to be? And, and where are we going? And what's the plans if this happens? And yeah. And right. what equipment do you need yes. and what equipment do you not need and what's accessible and what's not just right. like, yeah. you know, to the listeners, we're all getting together this weekend and we have another couple that's coming with us and their son is also in a wheelchair and we're all trying to think of, okay, what's going to be accessible to everybody. There's really not a lot out there for our kids. If you really think about it, you know what I mean? Um, there it's just, and 
And, you know, we looked at different bowling alleys for people who are listening. And we actually found one on base that we're going to go to. That's actually, there's no step because most bowling alleys you go and you have, have to one step. step up to go and yeah. actually bowl. So you have a kid in a wheelchair or a walker. It's every time you got to get them up, you got to get them down yep. and it's a lot. And then they feel kind of a little bit like, I'm sorry, mom. When you like, you know, you're trying to help her up and I pull my back. I just pull my back. I can't do it again. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah, they, they may have those little things that you put the ball on and, and, and push and you have the bumpers up. That's all great, but you still got the stop. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And we've had that same thing too with Aiden, where he'll be like, it's the nighttime thing, you know, where it's like, we get to a point where we're like, I'm tired. And he understands that he'll be like, I'm sorry, I woke you up again, you know, and then it's just like, you feel so terrible. Mm -hmm. And you think like dance of with everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, honey, it's not your fault. You you're not doing it on purpose. It's not like, you you know what I mean? Like, you clearly know if you're doing right. it on purpose and if you're not, it's right. just we're tired right. and then you have to explain yourself and then you feel bad that they're constantly saying they're sorry. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's the things that, you know, other parents don't have to go. Yeah. Everyone has their struggle. Right. So, right. you know, and I'm, and it's not like a, a pedestal of, Hey, we're up here right. with our issues, but they are definitely unique. And then when you compound them with, not only the any kind of the disabilities, but for us, like a family, like being multiracial and we drive a giant van. So like, you know, everyone like you pull into a parking lot and everyone looks at you and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah, it's just a lot that you kind of pile on all at the same time that just. Yeah, it gets rough some days. Yeah. And especially like you guys don't have, you know, close family relatives around. Yeah, so really no. you don't have, you know, and my mother had moved. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have my mother for, for a long time with us. Um, she lives in Florida, back in Florida now. But, um, you know, we don't have a lot of family that's close with, you know, everyone's at least like, I don't know. 45 minutes, 55 minutes, but still, I mean, it's still close enough, but you know what I mean? But that can really stop and come and do stuff. And, you know, you're limited to people who watch your kids. So, you know, if you want to go do something, you have to rely on each other um, because you don't have anyone else, Um, you know, and then what really got me this year was because faith is 18. So I'm seeing all the kids that she grew up with, you know, graduate, you know, um, they went to the proms, they got their driver's license, you know, now graduation. And now they're this week is everybody's pictures in the college, and, college yeah. and, you know, next, you know, and it's just like, because you have those stages of grief that you have to go through, mm-hmm. you know, and it's right. just, it's, it's life. I know it. I'm like, Oh, she's going residential to MSB. So I got that, you know, but right. like we looked at right. each other last night. We're like, Oh my gosh, we're going to have three nights without anybody here. Like we can like do whatever we want. You know, we can go out to dinner <laughs> and, not have, and not have to worry about, you know, it, it, it's just like, Whoa, you know, it's just so different. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I'm only going to get a couple of years of this uh, two years, possibly three, because she can only go until she's 21. And then when she's out, then what, you know what I mean? Like, right. You know, we don't get those luxuries of seeing people like going off on vacations or out doing this or going here and there. Like we will have, to care for our kids the rest of our lives. And we have to navigate the system and navigate how to get the best help we can for our kids, which is another like whole thing of, you know, 
which I would love to rack your brain um, this weekend too, you know, and even if you know anything, because the kids are getting to that age, you're going to have to start looking for different things, um, different waivers and different, you know, different things the state offers, you know, kids with disabilities. Um, you know, right now I have personal supports for faith. Um, you know, it, it took a long time to get it, but, um, you know, each state is a little bit different on what they, what they offer. And yeah different funding for, you know, therapeutic horseback riding or, you know, just any of those. Um, did you, so w- with the different therapies and stuff that you guys did, did you get any, were you able to get any funding or did insurance cover it? Or did you do a lot of alternative therapies? I know that was a lot. <laughs> so no, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, so to answer that in some ways, I feel like, um, well, okay. To answer the have, what have we done for therapy? Um, so the reason we ended up moving to Maryland and then to Pennsylvania is because we kind of moved, like we had this set amount of time that we're like, we need to move before winter comes. Like we don't want to move in the winter. And so we found a house and we ideally had wanted to live in Pennsylvania. Um, and the main reason was because Pennsylvania has, um, like the special needs healthcare basically that, um, kicks in for kids that have, pretty much any type of disability and there's no income cap for it. And so it kicks in as your secondary insurance, which we were like, okay, like important. it's not really our main goal in life to be like, how can we like have the government serve us? Because that's not really our goal, but we were like, we are going to move and we're moving from the Midwest to the East coast. And the cost of everything went up, including housing was significantly more Um, and so we were like, it makes sense for us to move into Pennsylvania because it has the best, um, really the best financial support for our type of family. And so, um, now that we're in Pennsylvania, we do get pretty much everything covered for our kids. Our, our primary insurance through Tom's work covers a lot, but as you know very well, wheelchairs are like $50,000 when you have to get those. And then walkers and Aiden just got a gate trainer and those things only last for so many years. And so um, we're really thankful that Pennsylvania has that program and kind of has stepped up to say, you know what, we're going to help special needs families in that way. And so we don't have to pay for therapy. We don't have to pay for pretty much his equipment that we get as long as we kind of follow like, okay, like we do need to go certain places, you know, like there are some things that of course, like we need to stay inside of. Um, But thankfully the doctors and the therapists that we are already seeing are covered in that, even though they're in Delaware and we're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, Because Maryland, so for Maryland, when people are in Maryland Medicaid, um, AI does not accept that. So a lot of right. families that were going there, um, especially in Cecil County, cause it's like right in that middle, they, they couldn't go there anymore. And that right. was rough t- to find. And Right. And so when we were in Maryland, we were paying, you know, our normal out-of-pocket stuff and it's expensive because you're hitting basically your family out-of-pocket maximum like every yeah. year. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it was tough. So, I mean, as far as like other stuff, um, I feel like because we're kind of new to the area and with COVID, like we still haven't gotten a good grasp on that of like, okay, horseback riding. I know of some places that they're really, really expensive and our insurance does not cover that. Like neither insurance does. And so some of those extra things, you know, I'm like, I would love to have 
I would love to have Aiden do those. I think Samson would benefit from some of them. Um, so that I feel like, you know, has just been one of those things that it's like, you can only do so much. Like you can only find out about so many things and do so many things. And so we haven't really gone through too many of those things yet. Um, no. As far as like extra stuff that is kind of, kind of therapy, but kind of fun stuff. Right. 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 Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. What, um, what other questions? So, I, I mean, let's look at like, um, all right. How about is, is your home accessible? And if there was one thing that you can change or adapt in your home to be more accessible, what would that be? <laughs> and I hear you are, you like, gonna, you some really amazing like, stuff, Tom. Yeah. You adapt like a lot of things. I heard a few, a few things she was telling me about last interview. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I do. I, I'm, you can tell I'm a car person. I don't, I don't have a car right now because it just doesn't fit into what we're, you know, the time that we have. And that's, but I'm able to take a lot of those mechanical and, you know, thinking outside the box. I always took cars and put different engines in them and oh, souped them up and did all. That's what right. I said. These two are going to be. Go ahead. And it was, and it was always how unique can I make this? And so now, you know, like Aiden is, was, you know, like he, he needed a wheelchair. So I took his, his regular wheelchair and adapted, you know, a, a powered wheelchair to it through, you know, and it was like, I welded up a frame and, and did it. And it was like, try this. And there are other things that through our physical therapist was like, think about like PVC pipe was like, you can make amazing things with it. So it was like, let's do this. And it was always, I mean, to me, it was very rewarding of like, I can do this. I can be creative. I can build it and then be, you know, helpful to, to our kids and give them a better quality of life. You know, as for our house, um, I think we have a really good house. We have three bedrooms on the main floor and then two bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom. So the girls have their own kind of space as girls, which is really great. And then the main floor is accessible or is wheelchair accessible. And so I built many but, ramps. Right. It didn't it didn't come that didn't way. Come that I mean, way. like no. when we bought the house, like it had steps to get into it. And Aiden had just gotten his power wheelchair, like right before we bought the house. So it was yeah. like quick build a ramp, you know, and then over time we've built another ramp built and another more ramps. Ramp. And you know, yeah. like it's and unfortunately our or fortunately, I don't know, our house has an excessive amount of doors. Like our deck has like three doors to it, you know. So it's like great. But, you know, with every door comes the how easy is it to get in and out kind of a thing. So, yeah, you've built a fair amount of ramps. Yeah. Um, and just we just kind of remodel stuff, you know, the yeah. stuff that we don't like. What we have left to do are our bathrooms. So that's going to be a big challenge for us yeah. because um, it's just been a long time of like, how are we going to do it? And and you're yeah. trying to plan for the future. I mean, as the reality is, Aiden's eight. So, you know, 10 years to when he's 18, I'm 45. So when I'm 55, I'm thinking about, you know, am I going to be able to pick up a bigger kid? Mm -hmm. And that's, those are the kind of things that you think about. And it's, those are not the fun things to think about, but it's also the reality. reality. So you know, it's creating an accessible bathroom that, you know, is, you know, a, a no curb shower, but you know, we've talked about there's these tracks and go, can go from his bedroom, you know, and bring them in. And it's, mm -hmm. 
well, if we're going to remodel, we, you know, we're going to blow out a wall and, you know, let's put in all this track and it just, mm-hmm. you know, as much as people get stressed out over, Hey, we're going to redo our bathroom and they're fretting about the tile and the uh, yes. wall colors. I'm kind of like, please, that's the easy part. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, we need to like put in a track system to carry a kid that right. can, will be beneficial. So yeah um that's like you said too and it's it's not just beneficial now as he's eight years old this is something that needs to last mm-hmm. and be able to be, still be used like you said 10 years down the road you know so it's got to be a little bit over engineered because if you engineer for someone at, at eight nine ten and you right know, kind of seeing that with faith now at 18 getting you're in and out of vehicles and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know it, it it gets not more not more difficult but the ways change or how you have to do it or how, what she has to grab and things mm-hmm. like that. But you want to account for all that, just like in the bathroom, you yeah. have everything there. Cause you don't want to have to redo that down the road right. just to facilitate growth and, and change and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really a hard thing about that. We've found having, I mean, I think you could say it as a parent of typical kids, you know, of just always feeling like you have to do more. You know, it's like, okay, well, if your kid is on a soccer team and you're like, well, I want them to be the best soccer player. So I'm going to do this and this and this. And you you could always keep going, you know, like you could get them private lessons and whatever. But it's just like this whole other level or world of like, you know, I always kind of think like, okay, well, we're remodeling. So you've got to think of all these different contingencies or it's like, okay, we've got therapy and like did we do enough stretches today like we should be doing more stretches like we should be doing more time on the gate trainer like it's just kind of this never-ending in a whole different way you know where it's like if you don't pay for your kid to have private soccer lessons like the reality is it probably is going to make a difference but you think like uh if i like just you know don't do these stretches like is it going to regress from the surgery? And then are we going to need to do the surgery over again in a few years? You know, yeah. like that's the stuff that I feel like is kind of hard just of the, yeah, always feeling like you need to do more. And what if I don't do this? And it's right. just and the like life changing. Yeah. And then you kind of start to feel guilty. Well, you know, you put it off one day because you're tired, you're just exhausted or, you know, something comes up with one of the other kids. And so then I, I think sometimes as parents, you know, and after 18 years of doing all that, sometimes I'm just like, I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I need get, a break. You get the same thing where they're like that. Like, I really yeah. don't want to do this now. Right. And, you know, right. They don't want to do it. They're like, I'm sick of this. Do you like, you know, we're going to do this. And right. You, right. And you get, you yeah. know, something it's give and take. take. Some things that are very mm-hmm. small that may not matter, give them a break because they're so burnt because they mm-hmm. live with this every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but then there's some things that you just can't pass up because it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it alters. It's got to, and, yeah, yeah. It's got to get done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aiden sleeps at night with two AFOs and then a knee brace and then typically like a hand brace. Mm -hmm. And he was really supposed to be sleeping with elbow braces and we kind of slacked on that one. But there's some days where like I'm getting him ready for bed and he's like, do I need to wear a hand brace? Like, nah, you're good tonight. (laughs) You can go without it. Hopefully his OT doesn't ever listen. I know, (laughs) but I'm like, but you can't pull this tomorrow. Like we have to put a brace on tomorrow. And he's like, okay. And I think that like, interesting enough, like, I think that's something that I've seen that has grown, like make, made our kids mature. And I, I hope that I don't look back on this and regret it at some point, but 
to have conversations and for all of our kids to be in a situation where we're having to make decisions as a family that are, are, are can have terrible repercussions if you don't make the right decisions, but it's really made them grown and that you can have a conversation with an eight-year-old about a brace and they can say, yeah, I get that. I'll wear it tomorrow. You know, it's just, it's amazing, but then also a little bit sad too, because I don't want to have a conversation with an eight-year-old and have them understand that, but it is what it is. So it's just, I think it's just part of our, it's just part of our family. Yeah. So, yeah. So you said that you guys found a church. Um, did you, you found a church since you've been there? We found a couple of churches. A couple of churches. <laughs> what, has been, what has been your experience um, going to the different churches, having, having kids with special needs? Um, Cause I know some churches, they don't have a lot for kids with special needs. And then there are some that do, you know? Yeah. Um, so since we've moved this way um, and even, yeah, so with Aiden, I mean, because Aiden has the most significant physical needs, mm-hmm. um, we've gone to four, actively gone to four different churches in the last um, six years with him. So um, the first one, he was little, he was kind of just like in the nursery and it was kind of like, okay, this is okay for right now. But we were just having a conversation yeah. the other day of, that particular church um, didn't have an elevator and their older kids always met in the basement of the church. And so we were just saying, you know, we wouldn't have been able to go there with him or they, I I don't know, it would have had to be really creative or something might've happened. But like, as it was, he would not have been able to participate because they didn't have the space on the main level and he wouldn't have been able to get down there. Mm -hmm. Um, The other churches we've gone to um, have had, one church had an actual special needs program and they do respite nights. Um, I will just put it out there for families who are local to this area. Um, it's Willowdale Church, which is in Kennett Square or Jennersville. Um, they do have respite nights for special needs families. And we have not gone because we've done, they had some like COVID friendly drive through pickup pizzas, but like We've heard that they're amazing, like that they're amazing with the kids. They plan activities and stuff. So if families are in this, you know, Chester County, Pennsylvania area and want to do that, that's the church to go to. Yeah. Um, on Sunday mornings, it wasn't really a good fit for us. Um, the church we're at now is just smaller mm-hmm. and is kind of a church plant. And so they're hoping to get stuff off the ground. Um, but, you know, it's a slow process mm-hmm. of it's just not something um that most people are like, oh yeah, I could just jump right into that. You know, it's kind of like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like, and they want to sort of like have a team of people that'll be buddies. Well, it's like, you kind of need to be prepared for a child who might have like really mild autism Mm -hmm. or really severe autism and not be like, you know, verbal and not be able to speak or a child who might be deaf or a child who might be in a wheelchair. There's just like this wide range of saying, okay, if we really want to go that way, like it takes some serious planning Mm -hmm. to kind of go that way. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I would love to, you know, have walked into a church and had someone be right there and be like, Hey, we've got this. We got this. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be the ideal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's it's possible. It's possible. I I really do think it's possible, but it, it takes a team. Yeah. And it takes people with a real desire to to be able to kind of dig into it and mm-hmm. and know the right way to interact with 
not only the kid, but I think the parents. parents. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if I went to a church and brought Aiden and they said, oh, yeah, we got it. Don't worry about it. I'd be like, <laughs> you don't have it. We need to talk, <laughs> you know, and it's like so it, it's it's understanding the needs and, and what they need and and being able to adapt and go with it. I mean, like Aiden can't feed himself. Mm-hmm. So are you prepared to help feed him? And, and, um, and in a way that works well for him and then other kids can understand it too. Right. So like, you know, because you could, you get to a class with kids and they're like, why isn't he feeding himself? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and explaining it. So yeah, there's, it's, it's very nuanced. It's very complex, a lot of work, but I think that there is potential and desire for people, for churches to be able to do it. Yeah, there's definitely a desire. I mean, we haven't necessarily talked to anybody, and I've talked to a fair amount of people um, who have kids with disabilities and not heard anybody be like, other than like saying, well, Willowdale has this respite night, you know, I mean, but, and again, everybody's looking for kind of different things. You trade one thing for something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is there anything else you guys would like to share before we wrap it up? Um, I was looking at your questions and I thought there was, um, I know I was jumping all around. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to track. I'm looking at like, mm, no, she's asking that one. Like, Wait a minute. I don't think so. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So I yeah, go ahead to, um, to ask you, um, if you can just briefly kind of, um, tell us about the nonprofits. Um, I know that people can look back and, and, and watch and listen to your podcast, but if you can just let them know, you know, where to find you and just like your mission. Yeah. So, um, we started cherry blossom vacations in 2000, late 2021. Um, and our mission is to give no cost vacation stays to adoptive foster and special needs families. Um, it really was started out of uh, our family loves to travel and we still travel, but it's really, really hard because it comes with all the things that we've previously talked about um, that are hard. You just take them on the road kind of a thing and you're away from home where you have your normal setup. Um, but we know the benefits of that. You know, I was fortunate as a kid to travel a lot. My parents really sacrificed other things to be able to take us on vacation. And so I have those memories and we have memories as a family with our kids of traveling. And so um, we really wanted to be able to give that to families who maybe are not traveling for financial reasons or they're not traveling because it's just like, it's just too much to be like, I just can't do it. Like I can't do one more thing. I can't plan anything. And so um, we're right now we're fundraising for a house that will be owned by the nonprofit and that house will be used um, to, for all of those families, adoptive foster and special needs families to come stay at for no cost. Um, you'll go through an application process and we will pick as many families as we can have stay and they'll get to stay for up to a week in the house. Um, so we're fundraising for that. And then in September, um, if all goes according to plan, we're kicking off another side of the nonprofit called getaways. And we have homeowners um, who are donating time at their vacation homes for us to use, which is awesome because 
it's going to expand our reach and it's very little cost for us. Um, so that's no cost as well. And really our goal is for it to be no cost to vacation homeowners also that will cover the cleaning fees and kind of work on both sides of it to make it easy for the homeowner and easy for families to go. I'm just going to be able to get to go on a vacation and, um, yeah, so that's really our goal, and our website is cherryblossomvacations.org. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Cherry Blossom Vacations, and sometimes on Instagram. I'm not great at Instagram, mm -hmm. um, so but mainly Facebook, our website, um, and you can find email and all that on the website, generally speaking. Awesome. And then the last question, your word... So Tom, I'm going to ask you um, what your word is, something th that is powerful, meaningful to you, if you would um, be willing to share that word, what you chose and why. Yeah, actually, uh, it's changed a couple times. Mm -hmm. So the one that has most recently come to mind is now is persevere. So, um, and why did you I, choose that? I look at um the path that we've taken and we we as a family and i think chris and i have hit roadblocks on things that we could easily give up on and we don't we work through it we find solutions to the problem and we and we push through it and just never giving up so i think if you can put that to the core of what you do i think you're going to find success yeah. And that's a testament to your marriage right there too. So, and how about you, Kristen? Oh, I struggle with this one a little bit. I think um, I'm going to pick community probably. I know you have a letter limit on them because I've heard oh. you say that to other people, but well, you chose some big words. Yeah. Then. Can you, fit, can you pick community? <laughs> I sure can. Okay. I'm going to go with that because I feel like that has just been the biggest thing. I mean, we have family members and we have just, like I said, we have met so many people, other adoptive families, other special needs families, doctors, therapists that we are so thankful for that have made our life so much better, you know, in tangible ways and just in intangible ways of knowing like, Hey, this one person gets it you know, and all the little weird things that we have with each of our kids. Like I can say, we had a rough day with this today. And I know I can like send a text message to this one particular friend. Um, and then just, you know, I think you asked earlier about how our kids did like with the move and how do, how do our girls do having the brothers that they have? I think having the community that we found of people who have similar family makeup, similar things that they go through every day has been probably the biggest help for them to say like, you know what? It's not just us. Like there's a lot of people out there living very similar things. So. Yeah. Well, I love that. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap things up here and I'm actually going to interview their daughter, Ella. So she will be on an episode as well. Um, so I'm excited. So Stay tuned and we will see you guys um, this weekend as well. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us as we spread awareness through our personal stories and the many resources shared. You can help us by joining our village simply by sharing our show to the masses. If you would like to support the Gilbo Girls on another level, click on the link in the show notes to make a donation in any amount. 
Add your address and you'll receive a hand-stamped token with the word village on it in appreciation. Be sure to subscribe to our Gilbo Girls podcast and YouTube show. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gilbo Girls. Till next time.